0: Hello Sober Town and we're back. I'm back here with Tross um, who's just celebrating eight days sober um, and one of the things that struck me in the first part of this conversation was that you said you've had several attempts before um, but this time round it's different um, and obviously annie grace and the book this naked mind had a massive impact on you um yes. but is there any anything else do you think that's made things different for you this time around um, look
1: i i i really do have to give a lot of credit to annie grace like the concepts that she has had me thinking about and um I guess meditating on. So, it, you know, I, I send it, I take it in little pieces at a time. Like, I might just listen to a chapter or so and then I'll, I'll just let that, you know, filter in. I'm not trying to consume um, everything about the book all at once. I'm only up to about chapter 10, I think. Um, and it's completely um, altered Every, everything that I think about alcohol has has been sort of laid out bare, if you like, and in a situation for me to be able to pick up each piece and examine it and sort of go, what does that mean? You know, where did that come from? Um, Is that real? Is it something that's true? Is it something I want to keep or is it something that I want to discard? Do I want it to be part of my past? Do I want it to be part of my present? And so um, one of the things, and I see a lot of people online who are, um, trying to give up that are struggling to give up, they're in their early days, and um and they're finding it incredibly difficult. And I remember uh myself, you know, trying just trying to walk past the fridge <laughs> would be a battle of the wills, you know, and, and I just in the past, whenever I would give up or try to give up, I I felt like it was a battle of deprivation it was a you know I was absolutely depriving myself of something that I loved something that I really enjoyed you know something I wanted this time around because of the way that I've been able to unpack a lot of that history for myself and and actually start drilling down to some actual facts around alcohol I just don't feel that way anymore and so I don't feel like I'm depriving myself. I am making a choice and every day it is my choice to make and I'm happy with my choice. I'm comfortable with my choice. Um, I have found um, there was one time that I was feeling quite um, sort of agitated and, um, and that was only the once during the week that I was feeling a bit agitated and I realised because I pr- primarily just drink water now, I realised that it was actually sugar that I was craving, <laughs> <And> so <laughs> which you know is not good for you either. But it's better than alcohol, and um, and so I just had a little bit of cordial, and and the craving literally went away straight away. Um, I see people online who have tried to give up; they've been sober for you know x number of days, or maybe weeks, or possibly even months, and then you know. It's all gone down the drain because they've broken it and they've had a drink and they're disgusted with themselves and they're ashamed of themselves. And I just think I, know, I understand where they're coming from because I've been there myself. But Annie Grace has empowered me to not hate on myself, not beat myself up. It's, it's just she's empowered me to make a decision and have a choice and then act on those decisions and choices. I don't feel ashamed that I was drinking more than I should have. I don't feel ashamed of the fact that I've stopped drinking. I don't, you know, I said before about, you know, I'm coming out as sober. And, I mean, look, at this stage there's only a small number of people, I guess, that know that I've stopped drinking. But, um, you know, so far I haven't encountered any you know, negative comments. I haven't encountered any sort of questions. Um, I guess people that would know me well would go, "You what?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm I'm fairly well renowned as somebody that you know likes to have a drink and and you know. Um, so, yeah, I I as I say, I just I look at these people and it's and I feel like um, I must be seen as this crazy Annie Grace fan club or something because I keep running around on these that's going have you seen Annie Grace's book you really <laughs> need to get Annie Grace's book like and, and I, I I try to reel it in but then I think oh maybe that one person I didn't say it I should have said it you know I wish somebody had introduced me to this book a long time ago
0: yeah, I think um, we need to be shouting about all those things, that, all the resources that we learn, because, you know, you mentioned earlier, AA wasn't for you, it wasn't for me, it may be for other people, um, but there are things out there that will be, but we're all different. We're all on a similar yep. journey, we're on the sobriety journey, but it's our individual journey. We need selection of tools, and along the way, yep. we we'll collect that selection of tools. And the earlier we learn about them, the better... <laughs> um and not even you know you have lots in your toolkit because what may work for me one day might not work for me the next day yeah uh, so it's really important to get and, and drifter who who funds this uh, sober town podcast he actually says himself as like a, a tool thief you know he goes along stealing people's tools <laughs> and, and yeah you need to do that you know you need to keep them yeah. and as we learn about them share them with other people because that is the joy of sobriety is that we're on this journey together and yeah. that we can share that and that really really helps and um the other thing i wanted to say to you though is that you, you know you, you yes it is credit to any grace that that you're you're doing this and and, and that you've got this mindset now but actually the real credit is for you because you're the one doing this. <laughs> you could read the book and just go, yeah, whatever, and put it down. You know, you're the yeah. one thinking about it, that's meditating on it, that's restructuring your thoughts and um, yeah. your feelings and your behaviours. Um, because anyone, we we can change our behaviour. We can stop drinking, and mm-hmm. many of the before have stopped drinking. That was a behaviour change. But what we haven't done is we haven't worked it. We haven't changed our thoughts. We haven't educated ourselves. Mm-hmm. We haven't read about it. We haven't. We haven't actively been yeah. in sobriety. We've just stopped drinking, and I think yeah. that's a huge, huge difference. Would you say that that's a fair reflection of how it is for you this time round? Oh, absolutely. Because in the
1: past, uh, whenever I've tried to stop drinking, I have done it completely alone. I've had no support, I've had no tools, I've had no research, I've had nothing other than I really need to get my drinking under control was basically the thing that would be at the back of my mind. Um, And, you know, it was funny, I had some friends over uh, last night um, for dinner and, um, and I was talking to them about it and, in fact, um, one of them was like, what's what's that book? And so she was making a note of it in her phone so that she was going to look it up later um, because she was sort of quite intrigued by the concepts that um, I was, you know, discussing. And, um, yeah, I just, you know, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, just, <laughs> I just think that um, like in the past, as I say, I've sort of always tried to just do it on my own and I haven't had Um, any kind of support And and I always had the I just need to get this under control and without necessarily having and look, and to be honest, I still don't say that my goal is to never drink again. I don't know what my goal is. I'm just at the moment I'm just dealing with what I'm dealing with at the moment now. Today I know this month I'm not drinking this month. As we get closer to the end of the month, I'll see how I feel about August, you know. It's kind of, um, it's just I'm not trying to tie myself into something, I suppose, um, until such time as I'm really clear in my own mind as to what I want. At the, at the moment, I'm, I guess, I'm having that battle between, um, you know, not wanting to say I'll never drink again because I've still got that, but you like it, but then, um, I'm kind of going, but why would I want to now that I know everything i know why would i want to like it's kind of like you know going out and getting sunburnt. it's kind of like it's sort of you know oh but you want to tan yeah but your skin never tans <laughs> you know it's kind <laughs> of like it's just like it's not not something that's going to work and and you're just going to get burnt over and over and over again um one of the interesting things I was talking to my friends about was because I, I, I said to them, I said, I would have said to you that I don't get hangovers. Um, I haven't had what I would consider to be a hangover in probably over 20 years. Uh, however, then we started talking about what each of us um, considered to be a hangover. <laughs> so, and my concept of a hangover was so that you were so ill that you couldn't move without vomiting and your headache was just so just cruel that you, like you literally couldn't move without vomiting. That was my idea. If, if I didn't feel like that, well, then I didn't have a hangover. So I haven't felt like that in, in about, you know, 23 years or so. Um, Not exactly something that you want to go, yay me. <laughs> <laughs> like, but, but I, you Know that sort of fog, um, that numbing sensation, that sort of lethargic experience. I never thought of that as being a hangover. Um, now I'm starting to question a whole bunch of stuff, like because I've got these other health problems, and I'm sort of thinking, Well, wow, um, looking back, you know, look, one of my GPs, um, Few few GPs ago, I you know, small area, you get to see people, you know, you, there's no such thing as, as um, being anonymous when you live in a small community. Right. Um, and so I would see my doctor out at social things and she would be a fall-down drunk. Um, and, you know, and I'd be sitting there going, oh, that's my GP, you know, great. Um, and she knew how much I drank and never you know, suggested that I needed to do anything about it. Um, And I was suffering back then. This is going back uh, over 10 years ago. um, And I was suffering what she described as estrogen dominance. Um, And I was having all sorts of problems with um, fibroids. Um, I was in agony. I finished up having to have a a total hysterectomy as a result of it. and she sort of said, you know, you're, you're headed towards a oestrogen-related um, cancer if you don't, you know, deal with with um, these these problems. Um, but she never, at one point, never ever said, all this alcohol that you're drinking, actually, um, it. I can't remember the exact terms, but but um, it. It causes your body, like in a female's body, it causes the female body to produce more estrogen. So all along, the cause of all that problem could well have been the fact that I was abusing alcohol and had been for so long. So now, you know, I'm now learning that um, that alcohol um, causes inflammation in the body. Well, I now have an autoimmune disease that causes chronic inflammation throughout my body. How much of that is actually alcohol? Like I'm now questioning every, about every diagnosis I have going, right, so the depression, the anxiety, the inflammation, like maybe there's a common, you know, and look, I don't know if I'm going to cure myself entirely, but it sure as hell can't. Make it any worse by stopping, you know, this toxic substance that does all these things in my body. Which, as I say, the doctors just go, Oh, yeah, well, we all drink, we all, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I have a very similar situation, but uh, I had my drink, hid my drinking from my doctors, and they never really asked me. So I never really told them. Um, I never never lied about it. It's crazy. Yeah.
1: I but pretended.
0: I think you know that, that's kind of and that's kind of helpful for me actually because you know I've I've felt quite guilty I suppose in the fact that I hadn't told my GP and I'd had all these tests and had all these diagnoses, um and had all this help and all this treatment, and yet what I've learnt now is actually I was just drinking my neuron, neuronic, neuron pathways away and um yeah. you know that's why I can't walk properly I can't talk properly I can't eat properly I can't speak properly <laughs> you know I couldn't um you know do all the things that I can do much easier now yeah. um yeah. because I've retrained those pathways so yeah. um so it it's kind of it's nice of me to know that you had told your your doctor <laughs> and they have not about it but yeah, look but,
1: you know, I you know maybe like I, I hide a lot of things through humour. I always have. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, people, you know, people would say, you know, meet a new doctor and they, you know, do the general questions. Um, you know, one of those, of course, is, you know, do you drink alcohol? And I'd say yes. And they'd say, you know, how much? And I'd say, oh, you know, a fair bit. And, and they'd say, you know, would you describe yourself as a social drinker? And I'd say, oh, yes, but I'm very social. And that's how I would say it. I'm a very social person, you know. And, like, I didn't say, oh, look, I'm drinking two bottles of wine, but I would say it in a way that I I would be making fun of it. And, I don't know, people just I would come across, I guess, as together. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. they, they just, I don't know, they never...
0: it's a bit like you know when you were talking earlier about the indigenous community and the anglo-saxon community and the differences there and even sort of within alcohol and alcohol addiction itself we very much have that you know we're not the person with the Paper bag under the bridge, drinking out of a bottle, yeah, so we don't yeah, yeah. have a problem. And then, you know, for your doctor to say to you, "Or oh, do you think you ought to do something about your drinking?" Your doctor would then have to look at themselves, to think, "Yes, oh, do yeah. something about my drinking too." You know, yeah. Um, and but but then it. you know, I was in, in working in healthcare <clears throat> as a nurse for thirty-seven years, and all these facts I'm only learning in the last eleven months about yep. the real truth of alcohol because even in medicals, it's not taught. Yep. It's not, you know, you don't know the truth about it. So have you know what of your physical, because a lot of people have, you know, physical withdrawals, they have physical changes in their first week anyway. Um, have you noticed any changes in your physical health in the Phys- last week?
1: Phys- physically, um, probably the biggest one is that I don't feel as bloated as I normally would. Um, I, I don't. I wouldn't say that I've lost weight, but I could. I'm fairly confident I've stopped gaining it. So it's sort of. I don't have that feeling of always being sort of overstretched. Um, but um, the only sort of physical withdrawals that I've experienced um, was when I. Well, the other night I when my friends had come over for dinner and I no, it wasn't last night it was the night before. Um, and I, I'd, I'd made a, um, a rosewater lemonade, which was absolutely delicious and probably just a little bit too delicious because between the three of us, we drank three jugs of it. And, um, and we just had way too much sugar in it. And so the next day I had this terrible headache from withdrawing from the sugar. And, you know, I think, Sometimes, you know, alcohol is converted into sugar in our bodies and so we're dealing with a double-edged sword there. It's not just the alcohol, it's also the sugar that you're dealing with and, you know, the effects that can, you know, it can bring on diabetes, it can bring on a whole range of other health problems. Um, So, I mean, I have had some trouble sleeping Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: i look I feel really weird when I say this um I I had trouble sleeping but it was because I was so excited I was like I I was you know it's always exciting when you learn new things and Mm -hmm. I was learning so much every day because I was you know doing this sort of research and and reading and listening and looking things up and you know thinking about things and 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 so I'd be so excited I couldn't sleep. And so, one of fairly early in the week, I realized I'm not to listen to the book um, late in the evening. It's definitely a daytime activity uh, because otherwise my mind is just going at a million miles an hour and I can't sleep. So, it's like, no, it's a daytime thing. Let yourself have, you know, like sort of midday ish, listen to the book. You've got the afternoon to, you know, think about that, research things, etc. So I've got the luxury of not working so um, I can indulge my um, inquisitive nature to whatever extent that I want. Um, so that was what was causing me not to sleep. Um, prior to stopping drinking, I was having a huge amount of trouble sleeping um, and I would usually wake up about four about o'clock in the morning And then I'd be awake for sort of three or four hours, and I'd be just about at the point where I think, okay, I, you know, should just get up, and that's when I'd fall asleep. And then I'd be asleep for, I say, most of the day until it was time to get up and start drinking.
0: Yeah, and and many of us talk about the three o'clock in the morning. You know, different time zones, so we talk about the (laughs) three a.m. I mean, what you're talking about is very real for for other people listening. Is the sugar. Um, a lot of start to crave sugar and um, once we stop drinking and it really is yeah. a real thing about the blood sugar levels um and i i'm just i've just reset again yesterday for junk food because after 11 right. months in like i'm really struggling with my junk food and and, <coughs> and people start craving things you know i don't usually eat i didn't used to crave because it's just trying to put that sugar balance back but but you're right what we need to do is focus on the alcohol at the moment you know we can't yeah. focus on too much and you know if you're eating more if you um, I put on um a stone in weight when I quit drinking I was expecting it to come on because I just binge at junk Um, so if other people out there are doing that you know if you if you are sort of eating more and putting on weight don't worry about it right now that's something you can deal with with later um and sleep yeah alcohol alcohol is good at getting us off to sleep but not keeping us asleep and you don't get REM sleep um and but yeah it's it's really important to try and get um well we're changing all of our routines aren't we when we start when we stop drinking things different but sleep hygiene routine is a really good one to get into like you said Mm -hmm. stop listening to things that stimulate your brain turn everything I, I I try to I'm, sp- I'm not doing very well this week at it but yeah, my phone should go off everything electrical should go off at uh, 8 p.m two hours before my bedtime right. and yeah. you know but, and and i haven't done that this week and i've been getting five hours a night usually i get eight to nine um and it's because i'm overstimulating um yeah so it's really important to look at your sleep routine and um yeah well i was
1: i was having a lot of trouble trying to get to sleep when i first stopped drinking because of course when I was drinking, that would just knock me. That combined with all the drugs that I've got to take because of the illnesses and stuff. And um, so I'd be, you know, out like a light, but, but then I'd be awake um, in hardly any time at all. But um, I, have, I do take melatonin, um, which is a, um, like a hormone, I suppose, um, that helps to regulate sleep, and that, that does help me. I don't think that it's harmful from what I've been able to um, work out. Um, yeah, and and I use um, my latest thing to get me to sleep and keep me asleep is um, whale songs. So I I, <laughs> I turn on Spotify and and um, and um, play the the um, the whales kind of in a in a loop. Um, and there's some I don't know it might not work for everyone, but it, it certainly I find it an incredibly relaxing sound. Um, and so I sleep quite well with the whales. Um, although I had a bit of a funny thing during the week. I thought that um, I thought that um, my battery in my phone was about to die. And I'd spoken to my brother and I said, you know, I, I think my battery's suddenly it's just suddenly not holding its charge. I don't know what's wrong with it, you know, and I think I'll have to um, try and replace the battery or I'll buy a new phone or something. I don't know what I need to do. And um, Anyway, then I realised that natural fact I'd forgotten to turn the whales off when I'd taken it off the charger in the morning, and so of course I couldn't hear the whales over the mower. So like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the phone's actually fine. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so the whale. I say I find, you know, whether it be whales or you know gentle music or anything, I just I just think that you know people need to find. You know the thing that will help them in a more natural way to get off to sleep and 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 you know get a, a good night's sleep because, well, you know, sleep is critical for health. So
0: it is, yeah. Sleep, sleep and nutrition critical. So um, they're yes. really important things to do and um, yeah there's so much at our fingertips now isn't there and some people like white noise some people like stories you know there's lots of different things uh, there's apps as well like the calm app you do have to pay for that but it's only about 30 pounds yeah. a year got lots of meditation on it sleep stories and things like that as well um, and just coming back to your melatonin yeah nothing harmful with melatonin um it is a natural body product um so when the sun goes down of a night time our bodies produce melatonin which tells us oh it's time to sleep when we start to get mm-hmm. sleepy um, why one of the reasons i try and turn my electrical gadgets off two hours before bed is because it mimics sunlight tv computers ah, iPads, right. they the, mimic sunlight so it tricks like the brain the TV, thinking nice. it's daytime and that's ah. why you wake yourself stimulating you so so gadgets yeah. off two hours before bedtime if you can you can take a melatonin supplement they are you know d- there's no you don't take too much i think the recommended I'm not going to say because I think it's different in different countries. But Well, my doctor has
1: prescribed this to me so she knows that I'm taking it and, and has told me how much I'm to take okay. of the particular um, yeah. compound. I think depending on where it comes from, I think there's some uh, issues around strength, you know, yeah. et cetera. You need to know exactly which product and. And as you say, get the right advice for, for that particular yeah. part of your situation. Yeah, oh. um,
0: yeah I, I think unfortunately, you know, in, in, in the UK, um, we only use, it's only usually prescribed for people or children with ADHD. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it's quite difficult to get it prescribed, and sometimes for the elderly now as well, but in our uh-huh. age range quite difficult so a lot of people do then buy it on online and things like that so yeah yeah, just just look at your strengths and your your dosages um the the other thing you mentioned in one of your posts with the physical effects was pain you'd noticed a bit of pain this this week Um, oh yeah (laughs) um
1: that was like um muscular pain um and joint pain but it was because i was becoming more active Um, so, you know, I had, um, a a few days particularly early in the week where I was in a hell of a lot of pain. Um, but it's because I was sort of up and I was doing things, you know, whereas like realistically I had got to the point where, you know, more days than not, I would have slept pretty well all day, got up around three o'clock in the afternoon would have been drinking by 4 o'clock in the afternoon and would be sitting in the corner in my chair, basically in the dark, um, maybe with the television on. And that that was the same. Like, my dogs weren't, you know, well, they get they run around because they've got plenty of space. But I wasn't actually actively involved in doing anything. Like, I, I love my dogs. Like, my dogs are the centre of my world, and yet I had got to the point where I was basically ignoring them, like I'd feed them, but I, I wasn't interacting with them. And, like, you know, one of my dogs is a great dame, so it's not it's not the kind of dog that you can just ignore. Like <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, it's, like I say, we live on a property. I've got horses. Um, you know, I, I wasn't doing anything with my horses i wasn't interacting with my horses um they were just sort of there and you know i'd call the farrier get their feet done you know that would be some total of and and i just thought like you know one of the things in in i'm so wrapped is why are you doing this and i said because i want to start looking after myself i want to be healthier and i want to be able to have the energy to be able to live the life i have and enjoy it i actually have a great life i have i'm very very fortunate we have a beautiful place that we live you know we can afford for me not to be working i can take care of the the farm take care of the home all of our beautiful animals and yet what was i doing sitting in the corner in the dark like yeah. it made no sense like this is all my life i've thought if i if i could have my dream Home, my dream life. This is what it would look like. I've got it. What am
0: I doing, sitting in the corner in the dark? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but alcohol robs life from it. Robs us of life, doesn't it? Of everything. Yeah. And
1: so you know, so once I was, you know, started to not drink, all of a sudden I didn't feel anywhere near as lethargic, um, and fatigued. And so I'd I'd be up and I'd be outside and I'd be doing things. I'd be enjoying myself. I'd been enjoying, you know, having the, you know, as I say, taking the dogs for a walk, doing some training, you know, doing all of those things that I want to do. But because I'd become such a slug, you know, from sort of sitting around and doing nothing, it actually hurt because all of a sudden I was moving my body. And so at the time I thought, hmm, okay, is this a withdrawal pain, like a physical pain from withdrawal? Or is it something else? And so I thought I'll have one day where I'll just relax and not really do very much and see what happens. And, of course, there was no pain. So it was like, oh, okay, this is not withdrawal. This is just because you're actually getting some exercise.
0: Like- <laughs> you're using your body as it's supposed to be used, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, you mean you actually walk to the
1: chook house, you know. <laughs> <It's kind> of- <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah, it's... Um- it is a journey and it's a learning we learn every day something new on this journey and and look at you just you know eight days ago you were celebrating (laughs) putting the trash out you know yeah you know now you've made progress already this this week into your activities and we're going to learn we're always learning from that and um you know we have choices and and what what came into to my mind then was that you always have a choice you you we do do it one day at a time that's all we can do Mm. We only ever have today. We only ever have this moment, really. Um, But you always have a choice. You're going to do the Dry July. And for other people as well that aren't aware of this, Annie Grace does a 30-day experiment, which you can do any time of year. Um, It's all online. It's all free. Just sign up for the 30-day experiment. And it was with that in mind with that well you know you're not necessarily giving up for life you're just going to do this experiment for 30 days and see how you feel at the end of it but at the end of that 30 days or at the end of this week or the end of next week or day by day you have the choice to pick up a drink and go back into that chair in the corner or to live the life that you're living right now yeah that is your choice and um you know but but it's good i mean polly who i've podcast with on the happy hour she has a, a wonderful feeling um, it, it just maybe you 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 remind me a lot of her actually about all your okay. and absorbing everything she describes her going down rabbit holes of like information <laughs> learning and just you know if there's only if it's only a question that i have to ask she's on it you know and she, she'll, yeah. she'll learn about it straight away and um but she describes that at the end of her journey she was like a, just at the bottom of a well a bottom of a well Mm -hmm. in the dark looking up and she had to clamber her way out of that well and there's no way going back in that well um you can never get complacent we always say um i mean polly's a year now i'm should be 13 months tomorrow actually and i'm i'm just coming up 11 months we both know that we never want to drink again we never (laughs) want to go back there But we can't say that we never will. But it's actually now, that is a horrible, scary thought to me now. It makes me want to cry. The thought that I might pick up a drink again fills me with dread and fear. And that's what keeps me going. But you can't get complacent. You can't get complacent. But it's about knowing we always have a choice um, of what to do. For me, my mantra is not another sip, no matter what. Because if I was to have one sip, that would be it and Mm -hmm. I could not do what all these other amazing people do when they reset I've seen people reset my heart goes out to them but I'm in such awe and admiration of them because if I was to take Mm -hmm. another sip I would be right back there and uh, you know and and when you described about your sitting in the dark in the corner that reminded me of Polly as well a bit as well you know Um, and and we have a choice to go back there if if that's what we want. Um, and and you I know, think
1: the the fact that it is a choice that's the thing that helps me every day. And like um you know and so I've got people around me who still drink, and it just doesn't bother me. You know, um, my sister has. Um, we we built another house on our on our land for her. And, um, and so she lives on this property. I was at her place last night. She was having sort of wine spritzers. Um, and um, I, I the funny thing is I quite like wine glasses. So if I'm having, you know, a glass of like the lemonade, or something, I'll drink it out of a wine glass because I like the glass. And so yeah. I was drinking my, my lemonade at her place and we had the same glass and Um, She'd left her glass in the dining room, and I had my glass in the kitchen. I went to pick up my glass, and she went, "Oh, just make sure that's that's is that sure that's yours, you know." Just make, and I I sniffed it. I said, "I can smell the rose water." Like that's, but I appreciated the fact that she was, you know, caring enough of my decision and my choice to say, you know, "Are you you sure that you've got you know? I don't want you accidentally drinking some alcohol when I know that you don't want to drink alcohol." So I feel lucky in the fact that I'm supported by the people around me. Um, But by the same token, I sort of say to them, if you want to drink, drink. Hmm. Like what you do is your choice. It's your decision. What I do is my choice, my decision. You know, I'm not going to tell you what you should do and you don't tell me what I should do. (laughs) And and we leave it like that, you know. And so far that's working well for me. Hopefully it continues to work well for me.
0: (laughs) yeah I, I think sort of communication is key communication is key with family with friends with people around you Let them know I mean not everybody feels able to do that not everybody can tell people about their journey but if you can then it's really important to talk about it I don't yeah. think we can we can't always expect them to celebrate and get excited about milestones in the same way <laughs> as we do I've learned that one yeah, um, yeah. so that's That's where the community is good. You know, the I am sober communities are are good because they will celebrate with you. They do get it. They get excited. Um, You know, so I'd always say to people, get yourself a community. Have good communication. Um, Connection is key. As as many of us have discovered at the end of our drinking, as you were, you're doing it in isolation on your own. And connection is the opposite of addiction. And and you know what? it's, It's as my journey goes on. Um, I, I just I seem to notice much more around me and it's kind of like the universe is always giving me messages and I'm on location at the moment we're on tour around the UK on our, on our bikes and we're in Lincolnshire when there's t- this little cottage and last night Andy and I had a little rain around the gardens and there's a beautiful tree out in this garden and I've never seen it before I've never seen anything like it in England I'm like I kind of vaguely recognize it but I'm like this isn't a tree that I see in England. What is this tree? I I just really don't know what it is, but it's beautiful. And I love it. And I was really attracted to it. So we run some ladies' groups. So I posted a picture of it in my ladies' group. And straight away, two of the ladies came back with, it's a eucalyptus tree. (laughs) And I'm like, how crazy is that? I'm talking to you in Australia. And that's why it was recognisable, because I have been to Oz. So, I have seen right. eucalyptus trees before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very much into aromatherapy oil as well. So, and I love eucalyptus. So, yeah. I went out to check this morning. So, I just yeah. broke the leaf to smell And I'm like, my gosh, it is eucalyptus. Yeah. And yeah. The last yeah. time I did that, broke off the leaf and smelt it, and not from a eucalyptus bottle, was when I was in Australia. So, you ah. know, there's all <laughs> everywhere. <laughs>
1: Yes, well, we're, we're certainly surrounded by eucalyptus where we live. So, um, yeah. Yeah. yes. It's,
0: uh, well, it's been an absolute pleasure meeting you. you. And talking to you. And connecting to you. Um, I think, you know, for anybody else listening, stay connected, get communities, listen, read, go down those rabbit holes. And, yes, yes. And, you know, um, alcohol or stopping drinking is more than putting down that drink. We really have to work Absolutely. it yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I will be picking you up on the train again next week. So okay um, until then, have a fabulous one and I look Thank forward you. To, to speaking to you again soon. Fantastic. I look forward to it. <laughs> Me too. Bye bye. Bye. Bye.